Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Dr. Cohen. Welcome are to. We live? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are live. Welcome Am to. Live, Lauren. We're live, Dr. Cohen. Ah. Welcome to Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I'm joined with the host, Dr. Jason Cohen. Here I am. And I'm Lauren Taylor. So it's September 9th. It's 9-9 it's today, 9-9-21. And we don't really have that much to talk about, but I just was thinking back to what's coming up in two days. And this episode may air after that, but September 11th, 9-11 is coming up, the anniversary of 9-11. And what year was it? 2001? Yeah, so it's the 20th year. 20th anniversary. Yeah. And I had been, and I think it's worth talking, I think we should talk about it a little bit, a little somber episode. And I had been, I just moved to, I'm from New York originally, and I moved to L.A. in 2000. So I was here for a year, basically. I'd been in L.A. for a year. And I I did my residency in med school in Brooklyn at Downstate, Kings County, right over the bridge from 9-11. And I was here for a year. And a weird thing happened the morning of 9-11 for me, you know. So we're three hours behind New York. I was asleep that night, you know, the night before 9-11. I don't know if I, I do believe, not, you know, I'm a Star Wars fan. And so, and I'm a little bit of a believer in mysticism a little bit. So I woke up early that morning, really early, with just a real sense of weirdness. And I still remember it. And I, and I just woke up like, like a disturbance in the force. There's no other way to describe it other than how Obi-Wan Kenobi felt when his planet was destroyed by Darth Vader. Do you, are you a Star Wars fan? Yes, I mean, I'm, yeah, I know that scene. Okay. And then I went back to sleep, but I just remember waking up and it was already morning, but not that, you know, but not time to wake up. And with just a weird weird feeling. And I went back to sleep. And then a little while later, uh, my phone rings. And I was living in Santa Monica in an apartment. I had just gotten this apartment here. And my phone rings and I landline back then. And I go to the phone and I answer the phone. And on the phone is a woman's voice who I have still to this day, I have no idea who it is, who said, okay, Dr. Cohen, just want to make sure you're all ready. Everything's set. We have everything going on. We have da da da, you know. And she and I'm half. A, I'm just waking up, and she's like going through protocols. And I'm like, who, who are you looking for? And because there was a surgeon who since retired at the hospital named Jay Lewis Cohen, a vascular surgeon who is in charge of the operating rooms, a much older guy. And he and I, once I got to got here. I always got his mail. He always got my mail. I always got his calls. He got my calls. Even though he's Jay Lewis Cohen, I'm Jason Seth Cohen. 
I don't know why people had so much problems with these two Jay Cohens, but so I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? He's like, Dr. Cohen. I'm like, yes. They're like, Dr. Lou, Lou Cohen, because everybody called him Lou. I'm like, no, no, this is Jason Cohen. They're like, oh, okay, never mind. And they're about to hang up. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait what's going on? They're like, turn on the TV. And they hung up. And I turn on the TV and I see the, the towers coming down. You know, the first tower coming down. And, and that was how I woke up to September 11th. And it was so bizarre because I was a fellow. I was doing my fellowship in cancer surgery and I was awakened, you know. So I, I remember getting ready then because I had to be at the hospital that day. I was doing my fellowship and I, and I get to the hospital and I think the other tower already had come down. And, and I rushed to the hospital quickly thinking they may need us for stuff in California and L.A. if stuff's going to happen in L.A. And I got, you know, I rushed in, got to the hospital, met up with another friend of mine who's a surgeon who, who's all, who had already finished training, who, who we were close, also from New York. And we got to the hospital and they said, no, you know, we're shutting everything down today. There's no surgeries in case they need them, you know, in case they start to bomb L.A., in case something crazy happens in L.A. They wanted everyone ready on alert. And they said, no, you know, go stay, stay around. But but there's nothing to do today. So I remember going across the street uh, to the hospital. There was a Jerry's Deli that's no longer there. And I pretty much this buddy of mine who's a surgeon. We sat. We spent. I don't know how long we just sat in Jerry's deli for the day, you know, try being available if need be, but just. Did you, you feel know. like a part of you feel guilty? You weren't in New York working anymore. Like as a doctor, like you wish you were there like helping. No, not at all. But I was, but I was frightened that, you know, all my family and friends were there. So I was panicked and, and uh, fortunately, you know, I knew a few people who, who, who lost their lives. Luckily, no one close, no, no one who was close to me, um, but people, you know, were, were close by. And my sister, who, who's in, active in politics, New York City politics, was actually very involved afterwards, helping out with a lot of the relief. But the interesting thing, the crazy thing, you know, in hearing the stories of the people back east who were ready at those hospitals is those hospitals were empty. And, and the uh-huh. reason is... No, there were no survivors. Yeah, that's terrible. So, so there was nothing going on at those hospitals. It was, it was super quiet. There were, there were no, you know, obviously we know there were no survivors. You know, they, there were some people who were close by who had inhalation stuff, but otherwise it, it wasn't a real, you know, hospital emergency at all. Mm-hmm. It was just a really weird, surreal couple of days, as everybody knows. But, it, but that was that was my 9-11 story. And what's crazy, though, is, is so I did my my residency in trauma in the trauma in general surgery at Cedar Sinai at, at Downstate State University of New York in Brooklyn at Downstate and Kings County Hospital. And I don't remember how many months or maybe even a couple of years before it must have been a few years before there was another group of terrorists, the same who drove a van, if you remember, into the bottom of the World Trade Center and they got caught. I do. I know what you're talking about. And nothing really happened. And then 
Shortly after that, while I was doing my residency, I think I was a third or fourth year resident. I must have been a third year resident. I may have told the story or maybe I didn't. Uh, I come in one morning to the hospital and I was on my trauma surgery rotation, which basically meant I was at the hospital every other night. I slept in the hospital every other night. And did I ever talk about that? No, you haven't. So you'd come in in the morning. I don't remember. It was five in the morning, maybe or six in the morning. And you'd, you'd see your, you'd, you'd um, make rounds and then you'd do surgeries and then you dealt with traumas and critical and critical care stuff. And you were up all night, working all night, dealing with trauma and critical care. Then you were working the whole next day. You'd go home the next day in the late afternoon. This is the olden days. This doesn't happen anymore. You'd go home, if you were lucky, maybe by three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, but it could be six, seven o'clock the next day. You go home, you go to sleep, you wake up, you go back the next day. And, and that was for three months, every other day you did that. And the joke that the old timers, the guys who, who talked to us, the, our professors, the joke was, well, it's too bad you're only here every other day. You're missing half of the stuff. That was how hardcore things were back then. But so I come in that morning to Kings County Hospital. And as I'm pulling into the hospital, there's a zillion SWAT, there's a zillion FBI, there's a zillion New York PD cops. It, it looks like a war zone. How many, how much stuff is in police and FBI and this and that and is at the hospital. And I come in and I go right to the ER because I, I saw there was stuff going on there. And they had shot up two terrorists that they found that were plotting. They were part of the same 9-11 guys. They were the same kind of guys. And they shot them up and found them. And sure enough, they brought them to Kings County. And my buddy and I were the ones taking care of these guys for the next month or two. And it was that was a real surreal experience, too. So we had to get them OK. You know, unfortunately, we're taking care of these terrorists, but we but someone, you know, it's our job to take care of them. And so we stabilized them, but we had to bring in the CAT scan. But all of the FBI and the and the SWAT team and the marshals, they wouldn't let us just bring them to the scanners until they got the whole area secured. So we had to wait with them on the ventilator, you know, taking care of them in the emergency room till, till the area was secured. Then once the area was secured, we walked with armed guards all around us. My buddy, um, Frank and I, Frank Tarantini, uh, who became a vascular surgeon, great guy, he and I escorted these two patients to the scanner with, they put lead on all the walls and all the windows, and we had armed U.S. Marshals with huge artillery. They all had bulletproof vests. We had nothing. And they're surrounding us, and we're the ones taking care of these guys at scanner, and then we have to bring them to the intensive care unit. They turned the whole intensive care unit into this barracks kind of thing for two just, guys for two two people two terrorists what did they think that they were they were just scared for your safety i don't know i don't I, I don't know we didn't get into that we and we were stuck having to take care of these guys which is very weird for us right you know they were plotting they were plotting something big and bad and they shot them up and caught them and, I, and I don't know they what, survived yeah they survived and I, and I never knew what happened to them yeah that's that's surreal yeah do you remember where you were 9-11? In school, yeah. And I have family in New York, too, so I remember being worried about them. Yeah. 
and no, the phones were up, you know, so you couldn't even get through to people. Right. Right. Um, I, yeah. And I remember it seemed like everyone wanted to donate blood, but they didn't need blood. Like, cause I guess like you were saying, I didn't really put it together. Um, but the hospitals were pretty much empty. I guess they, yeah, there weren't survivors. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty crazy, pretty strange time. Yeah. So it's a somber episode, this episode. I don't know. It is somber. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know either. I don't know how to like transition into like entertainment movie festivals. So I have a funny story though. So my daughter, who's now 25, my eldest daughter, the TV was on and the news was on. And so she was four, I guess. Right. And mm-hmm. she saw that in New York, the Twin Towers were bombed and came down. And she was afraid she would not. And I have family in New York and we wanted to go visit New York. So she was afraid. First of all, she wouldn't allow us to put on the news ever because the news scared her. We couldn't watch the news around her, but we also couldn't go to New York. But we had to go to New York to visit my family. So we told her we were going to Manhattan and we stayed out of downtown. And she, for years, never put two and two together that New York and Manhattan were the same place. So we went to Manhattan and it was great. And then, you know, years later, we told her, you know, Manhattan is in New York. Yeah. She's like, what? It was cute. I mean, it was our cute way of kind of protecting her from that. Yeah, I was in New York not too long after the trade towers went down. You probably saw this too, but I was on the train and it was just a giant hole for like a long time until they put up yeah. put up the new building, which they seem to do really fast. But uh, I, I remember that hole just being like, every time I passed it on the subway, just being like, it. it I I think one of the architects of the new uh, of the Freedom Towers, I I don't know if he's the main one, but he may have been part of the team or or maybe he was one of the other submissions was someone I actually went to high school with, I think. Um, But I'm not totally sure. But that'd be pretty cool if that's true. I could be totally making it up. Well, there is a Michael Keaton movie on Netflix called Worth, and it's about a lawyer. It's a true story about a lawyer who tries to get actual like compensation for victims. And I'm not really sure like what happens, but um, we tried to start the movie and it was just like a lot of victims voices saying what happens to them. And uh, my husband was like, maybe we don't want to watch this right now. And I'm like, yeah. 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 But at some point I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, Or maybe not. Yeah. 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 Well, isn't that going back to, what we talked about on our last episode, Pete Davidson, wasn't he in a movie that I didn't see about his dad? He, it's kind of based on a true story, right? He wrote that one about his father being a firefighter who died in the. Yes. It's called King of New York, right? Or King of Staten Island. Right. I want to see that movie. But what's interesting is yes, his dad was a 9-11 firefighter that died, but that's, they changed it in the script, which I thought was weird. I thought, why don't they just tell the truth? But I guess they didn't want to. I thought they did say that in the movie, his father died. His father was a firefighter, but they don't mention that a lot. It's, they make it a different uh, fire that he dies in. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. I thought they made it. Yeah, because I had this conversation with my brother. He's like, no way that that really happened. Why wouldn't they include that in the movie? That's more interesting than what they did. Sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe personal reasons he changed it. I don't know. Uh, did you see the movie? I did. How was it? 
do you recommend it? Um, I don't know. I don't want to say anything bad about it. It wasn't, wasn't my favorite movie of the year. That's for sure. Got it. So you wanted to talk about some upcoming movies. I did. Um, so they had the Telluride festival recently, which is every Labor Day, they have had it for 48 years. And that's when you know about new movies coming out. Um, so I sent you some trailers for three that I'm looking forward to the most. One was something I was always interested in called King Richard. Not always interested in, but for like 10 years now, I've been like fascinated. I don't even like tennis, but Serena and Venus Williams, the fact that two sisters went so far in tennis is just fascinating to me that they're, they're champions the way that they are. So King Richard is about their dad, which I just think is so interesting. Um, like these two girls from Compton became like the best tennis players in the world. Um, Richard, their father had like a 78 page, um, document that was like how he's going to take these two little girls and turn them into tennis stars. And it worked. And I think that's amazing. I'm like, so Will Smith plays Richard and I just think it looks really cool. Yeah. The trailer looks amazing. And it, I, I don't know the true story. They have a good relationship with their dad or. So that part I didn't know. I was kind of looking into it. Apparently he's had, he suffered some, he's like 79 now, I think, or, and he suffered multiple strokes. Mm-hmm. So, but I think he wrote the story or he told someone the story. I think this is all with his permission. I'm sure. Yeah. No, it looks like a great movie. Will Smith looks amazing in it. He's one of my favorite actors anyway. And uh, the trailer looks fantastic too. I agree. There were some other tennis uh, siblings, John McEnroe, his brother was a tennis player too. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he made it to the circuits, but he was never by any means as good as John McEnroe. I'm blanking on his name now. But but John McEnroe's brother was also a tennis player. I don't know if they Yeah, I mean, I've seen, it, I've seen it in basketball. Like, there's actually two sets of identical twins that are both professional basketball players playing currently. But, right. um, yeah, you see it in basketball sometimes, but never, like, top of their game like they were. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's amazing, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Will Smith will probably like at least get an Oscar nom for that one. For and sure. then there is another one called come on, come on with Joaquin Phoenix, who I love. And it, it looks, I don't know. I don't know really what it's about. It looks kind of like he's just raising a child. It looks very calm and like black and white, but it's by um, Mike Mills who directed beginners, which was just like a beautiful film. He only does like a film every six years. So I'm excited about that yeah. one. Beginners was with uh, Ewan McGregor, right? Right. And Christopher Plummer won an Academy Award for that, for playing his gay father. Right. Um, yeah, that movie looks beautiful, but I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, I don't know like what the actual conflict is. It just looks like a really pretty poem, the beautiful. trailer. Yeah. Right. And it's new- is it New York? Remind me. Yeah, it's New York. Right, which is, I, I love anytime New York's in a movie, especially the way it looks like there. It's a character in the movie, and I love that. Right, right. And then the last one, which I'm kind of not sure if I want to see or not, is called Spencer. Um, it's about Princess Diana. Oh, yeah. And interestingly, it's with... Uh, Kristen Vamp- Stewart, who this festival gives rise to Oscar buzz. So she's already getting so much Oscar buzz for it, which is obviously a hard role to take on. And it's by the same director who did Jackie. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was with Natalie Portman. I did. Did you like Jackie? I did. It was just like, it's very simple. It just follows her. I don't know. I thought it was very well done. So I guess this could be the same type of thing, but 
But I'm kind of thinking, mm-hmm. I just saw this in the crown, like exactly what they're showing. Right. It looks like exactly like the crown. Yeah. So, so I'm like, Frankly, I, don't, I thought did it so well. They did. So I'm like, I'm not sure how interested I am, but I'll probably end up seeing it. Well, I, those are three good trailers that, that I watched and I'm definitely excited for the Will Smith movie. Uh, but my three top movies that I can't wait for, or is it four? We, we've discussed a little bit before West Side Story. I, I can't wait. And I, I don't know, is it ever coming out or not? Who knows? And then the other one is top, the Top Gun sequel. Top Gun, they just pushed back again. Again? Again. It's not coming out until next year now. They've put it off for two years now. Wow. And then the last one is Dune. I really want to see Dune. So far, Dune is still coming. I mean, they pushed that a year and a half now, but I think it's coming out in Christmas. That's the, I'm most excited about that movie for sure. Those um, are the three I'm very excited for. There's yeah. also a Ghostbusters movie, like a third one that I want to see. Oh, yeah. That, that's just disappeared. It was supposed to come out, and now I haven't heard one word about when it's coming out. Paul Rudd is in it, right? Isn't yeah. Paul Rudd in it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Ghostbusters. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's that's that. That's my entertainment news. When I was a kid, just one last little stupid story. When I was a kid, I went to summer camp and Ghostbusters had just come out and we had a jukebox in our camp and in, in our, um, what was it called? The canteen. We had a canteen where they had a pool table and a jukebox and some video games and candy. And we would get to hang out there after our night activity before having to go to sleep. And my friend's brother, my friend Stu's brother, EJ, used to put on the jukebox over and over and over again, Ghostbusters. He would play with quarters. You'd put quarters in and he would just play it over to mess with us. <laughs> so, yeah. At least it was a good song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Wow. That was a really somber, sad episode, but I meant a lot to me, you know, and, and I definitely have feelings and real memories of it. You know, it's kind of like those defining moments that where were you at 9-11? Where were you when JFK was shot? Where were you, you know, when the moon, all those kind of things. And so that was, that was kind of just one of those, hopefully one in a lifetimes for me that, that is going to always stay with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are, I mean, never forget. Right. So I won't forget either. Thanks, Lauren. Yes. Um, All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our somber 9-11 tribute episode. And uh, stay tuned. Give us feedback. Give us recommendations. We are excited to say that we've hit the 500 post milestone on our Instagram. And we're going strong. You know, we one thing we need to do better is uh, I need to do better is try to remember our milestones so we could celebrate our, our happy things and our joyous things and not just, not just the somber things too. No. Yeah. That's important. All right. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to gross anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. So you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.